Welcome to You Decide 2023, the race for Jacksonville mayor. This is a special edition of Jacksonville's Morning News on 104.5 WOKV. Here's Rich Jones and April Davis. And welcome in to Farrah Farrah Performance Studio at uh, Cox Media Group in Jacksonville. Rich Jones alongside my colleague, April Davis, as we begin a series of conversations with the candidates who are running to be Jacksonville's next mayor. Eight candidates in this field after nearly eight full years of a term led by Lenny Curry and Jacksonville. He's term limited, remember, this time around. So we will have a new mayor in Jacksonville after this election cycle. We are now two weeks to the day ahead of the uh, early voting period, which begins on March 6th. And Election Day is on March 21st in April. It's already been a pretty interesting campaign, as we have seen and heard from many of the candidates and all their typical uh, platforms and the commercials and whatnot. But really, this is now a chance for us to get to know who makes up these candidates that we see on TV, that we may hear on the radio, and that we see out in the open public. That's right. We see their commercials, but we get to speak to them one-on-one, -on -one, and you really get the lowdown on the candidates right here on WOKV. So we're happy to introduce you if you've never met Audrey Gibson before or heard um, of her, if you're new to Jacksonville. Uh, we got a lot of new voters that need uh, to hear about this as well. Um, she was in the State House of Representatives from 2002 to 2010 and then elected to the Senate in 2011. She was the minority leader for Senate Democrats from 2018 to 2020. So you have two decades of experience in the Florida legislature and now you're running for mayor as a Democrat as well. And we were talking about family and you grew up here in Jacksonville and you have adult children and they've moved, moved on. But um, she's a mom, everybody. And so she knows about those issues as well. So as you look at a one and a half billion dollar budget and crime, which continues to be an issue in the city of Jacksonville, and so many people who are moving here year after year after year, whether it be for white collar work, Audrey, or maybe as members of the military, why do you want to lead this city and this community going forward as mayor? Good, and good morning, first of all, and I'm a Mimi as well. Good so morning. I to make sure okay. I point that out. And so why do I want to be the mayor of Jacksonville? It's time for a shift, Rich. Uh, if, if we don't shift and change the atmosphere, we're going to continue in the same direction we have been going, I believe, uh, for several years. And so I wanted to bring my expertise as well as my budget experience, which is largely what the mayor works on, that I think sometimes people forget about that part uh, to uh, help create that shift in neighborhoods that have been left behind and more at small business uh, economic development. And I have the uh, expertise, expertise and the tenacity to do all of those things that I have planned for our city. And um, Audrey, I know you were just talking about small businesses and we've got so much development going on in Jacksonville right now. Which project right now that's underway already would you want to prioritize in your budget? Well, I believe the activating the, the riverfront is uh, important for, for downtown and potentially the hotels that are being built. I, I wanna make sure that um, I increase tourism though because I like to look at the numbers to make sure all of it works and comes together. That's very important because I don't believe that if you build it, they will come. It is how you plan um, growth. But you look at the data that tells you how many visitors do we have? What is it they, what is it they like to do? When do they come? What, where can we um, beef up our efforts to bring more uh, visitors to Jacksonville 
so that we're not just a pass-through city for people going to see Mickey or going to one of my favorite sports, which was yesterday, uh, Daytona, the NASCAR in Daytona. So we want them to stop here. And I think I got to your to your question, I think. Yeah, yes. and, and, and part of downtown development, Audrey, we have seen fits and starts uh, on the riverfront. We have seen the old landing now become park space, but we see that there is a plan in place for it. Does the long-term vision of downtown Jacksonville and activating the riverfront, as you talk about, does that include the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office Police Memorial Building and Jail? Should they relocate? And will that be part of your plan in the first four years? <laughs> I will have to look at that. Uh, in the first four, definitely not the first one, uh, because the the sheriff the sheriff's office downtown, I believe, can go through a facade change. If we want to, if we want it to look similar to whatever else is happening downtown, uh, we can do that. Maxwell House is not going anywhere, so let's not be fooled. And so there's more than just that building. Nobody knows that it's a jail when they drive through Jacksonville, right? But it does say Jacksonville Sheriff's Office maybe modernizing, but tearing it down, uh, that costs uh, taxpayers money, and then rebuilding a jail, which I've heard rumors about way out uh, by the, uh, the pea farm, we used to call it. And I'm not sure that is, it's a frugal thing to do in terms of our law enforcement and bringing folks to court. And if an, if some, an officer is, like this side of town, they have to drive all the way out to uh, take a, an individual to the jail. That means somebody's gonna have to step in and cover his, his or her beat because it's a, like what, it's almost a 45 minute ride from downtown. Yeah, that could be quite the trek. Yes. Something to think about. And so I know you, you said you grew up here, you've moved and come back and obviously spent some time in Tallahassee. Um, as far as Jacksonville goes, some neighborhoods have come a really long way, some have not. As far as blight goes, um, would you increase spending for that, mowing, right of way, and what specific areas do you think are in most need of that? Well, you said a lot of things. Yes. Uh, and they're, they're very different. So when you talk about um, older neighborhoods and economic development and beautification in those, which is, I believe, what you're more getting to, those marginalized communities uh, need all of that. And that will be a priority in my budget, as well as those things that you mentioned that are um, environmentally pleasant um, and can some of those items can help to mitigate flooding and, and for resiliency. But I am focused on the economic development. I'm, blight is something different, obviously. It's on the list to make our city look nice, but it's not like at the top of the list. Okay. Is there any one area of Jacksonville you think needs the most TLC? The most TLC is in a couple of places actually in Jacksonville. As I mentioned, the north side, which um, has been neglected year after year after year. And I remember real quickly when I lived in Southern California and I would come home um, during like Christmas break or, or Thanksgiving and I would tell when I came back actually to stay, I told my friend, I said, why is everything, it looks the same. It's even falling apart, falling apart and the same places have no care. And today it's, it's the same. That was like more than 20 years ago. And so um, there, those, that community, that area 
needs uh, economic development and a boost economically. There's parts of the west side too. If you haven't driven on the west side, um, off of Lane and some of those areas, that air, that area needs a, a love too. There's parts of south side um, where African American communities lived. And you have to remember there was segregation, so we lived in different pockets in different parts of the town. And then there's places in the, in the south side, west side, north side. Those are the three. East Arlington is another one that has been allowed to just fail. And so um, that's my plan. Do you see moving more money into those neighborhoods, reapportioning money that already is in place in the budget? Or would it be a whole new spending priority that you would put forward? And it's important to note that the new mayor faces putting together a budget right, right away. away. Right away, right so away. So how do you prioritize that, maybe even in year one, or can it be prioritized in year one? It may be prioritized. There's only prioritizing it. It's, it's a matter of what year you start. And so obviously reviewing the budget is important. Uh, making sure that we're uh, getting federal dollars in is important. And I understand budgeting and, and prioritizing, and we can do those things that are immediately meaningful. Particularly, um, I want to make sure we give incentives to small neighborhood businesses. We do that for larger businesses, but in those marginalized communities, it's gonna be community-owned businesses that help to reignite the neighborhood. And I believe that also, those community-owned businesses will spur growth, jobs, grocery stores, and the money will turn over and over in that community to continue to uh, light it on fire with economic development. And that ultimately helps the, with the budget, right? We're visiting with Audrey Gibson, one of the eight candidates running to be Jacksonville's next mayor. We're live in the Fair and Farrah Performance Studio, Rich Jones, alongside April Davis. And we're talking about neighborhoods and investment, spending priorities, and so many different things as we get to know each of the candidates. And April, as you're new to the Jacksonville market, April just came to us a handful of months ago from a number of different places. <laughs> and as she has now put down roots in Jacksonville, that's a story that's uniquely Jacksonville. We tend to attract people from all across the country. I'm not a native of Jacksonville either. My kids are. My three kids are now natives of Jacksonville. Audrey, as you look at building the future, how impactful is it to be able to make an investment in a community while also continuing to try to draw in these new young professionals into this market? What will ultimately be the catalyst for us to continue to grow into the next generation? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. And so uh, we have we have currently a youngish uh, average age in Jacksonville is like 37, and uh, and then attractive downtown I think and I, I wrote about this just last night. I'm envisioning, but I I call it possible. What's possible? The downtown our park our park should be a, a central area a area of mecca area of um, movement and beauty and places where people can congregate, I think that is something that needs to be done, redone. And young people like activity, um, parks for their families, modern uh, places to live. We're building a number of uh, apartments that help with modernization. Uh, downtown, it should also be a mecca of cultural venues. Those things that 
visitors like too, and they may be encouraged to come 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 and live. Shopping is great. The thing, the issues that we've had is when we build one area up, another another area fails. Like Regency, I always say, killed Gateway. Uh, the avenues killed Regency. The only thing that's keeping the avenues, I think, is the economic area where it is and the income where it is. And because now we have the town center, but the avenue seems to be holding its own. And so music and energy is what draws uh, young younger people here and having a, a good place to live, good transportation, and things to do. And of course, the Jacks. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the Jacks doing all right this season. So I know you talked a little bit about this, I believe, when you made your announcement that you were going to run for mayor about the port and mm. so um, and the expansion at Jacks Port. Do you support further deepening of the St. John's River for shipping? Well, that's a sticky wicket mm -hmm. because we have to we have to make sure that our port is for flourishing while we also make sure that we take care of the river. And so part of that, I believe, and I've been out with the river keeper on the river and in Saint, in uh, Putnam County where the dam is. And we've been trying to deal with that issue for a number of years. And so I wanted to go back out with her to see what things look like, what could make it better for our river, for the health of the part of the river that comes, that a river runs through Jacksonville. And taking down that dam is one of those things. And I think that will help to mitigate for any deepening that's necessary. And I'm not sure that we have to dig any deeper. It just depends on settlement in the river. And uh, we already have the pretty much larger uh, ships that I originally saw when I traveled to Panama um, to go see the locks and see the, the potential for ships that would come to Jacksonville. And I think we can handle, we have to be able to handle both. So there's a, there has to be a plan and that's to continue to lobby those uh, legislators in uh, Putnam County. Do you believe, and part of that likely would probably also be state funding, and do you believe that your experience in your years of service to both in both the House and Senate may ultimately be able to uh, put you at an advantage versus some other candidates, uh, given the relationships that you have, mm -hmm. the understanding of state spending and the like? I've built re relationships that continue even for uh, senators and House members who, who have uh, termed out as well some time ago, and I also... I also have uh, uh, federal relationships as well because I traveled um, to conferences and meetings with uh, members of Congress as well. So I believe that, uh, yes, not only my um, expertise from my service time in the legislature, dealing with budgets, and also my travels makes me, multiple travels, nationally and internationally, makes me, it puts me in a unique position to be able to lobby, if you will, for state and federal funds. We're visiting with one of the eight candidates running to be Jacksonville's next mayor. Audrey Gibson is with us in the Farah and Farah Performance Studio. Rich Jones along with April Davis. We'll pause the conversation here as we pick back up. We'll dive real deep into crime and spending. And we want to ask you if you believe, and it's a little precursor of what's coming, but uh, if you believe the sheriff's office is currently adequately funded or what more investment might be needed there. We'll dive deeper into some other weighty topics facing Jacksonville in our time left on this special edition of Jacksonville's Morning News. 
back to more of You Decide 2023, the race for Jacksonville mayor. Our special edition of Jacksonville's morning news continues on 104.5 WOKV. Here's Rich Jones and April Davis. We're live in the Farron Farrah Performance Studio at Cox Media Group Jacksonville, and this is a pivotal campaign. 2023, we'll see pr- pretty significant change in Jacksonville. Uh, we see that uh, T.K. Waters is already the new sheriff. Uh, he won the special election toward the end of last year in the fall, and with no challenger now, he is elected to a full four-year term. But it is going to be a crowded field for Jacksonville mayor, as Lenny Curry is term limited after eight years. April, we are going to see a sea change in leadership as well at the city council level. But we're really focused like a laser on the race for Jacksonville mayor, and we talk about uh, the sheriff's office and the sheriff's office budget. Crime is still a, a big issue in the city of Jacksonville, and is going to be very important to whomever is the next mayor. We're visiting live with one of the eight candidates. <laughs> For mayor, former state senator, and former state representative Audrey Gibson. Yeah, hopefully lots of you are listening on this President's Day, getting educated so that you can make an educated vote in just one month coming up uh, for the mayoral election on the 21st of March. And uh, yeah, I mean, we've heard a lot about defunding police. Obviously, everybody knows that term by now. But do you think that JSO is adequately funded, not just for de-escalation techniques, but to really fight crime the way we need to in such a large city as Jacksonville? Well, we'll definitely be having that conversation uh, with the sheriff as the top law enforcement officer. Obviously, the uh, budget details will will be between the two of us, uh, not just the one of us. And so, uh, first and foremost, my degree is in criminology from the Florida State University. Shameless plug. (laughs) And uh, so I have the, the background to have conversations with the sheriff about what a budget looks like, about what safety looks like, and where the needs are. I'm very data-driven as well. So it's not just uh, giving me terms and saying, oh, we need technology, we need more officers on the street. I'm more analytical than that. And so uh, I would be meeting with him to, so he can show me, or he and his team can let me know where are the hot spots? Do is it is it throughout Jacksonville and in every single single neighborhood? No, uh, because I look at the data too. And so, where are the hot spots? What are what are the crime trends in those areas? Is it cre- increasing or decreasing a little bit? What technology do we need, if any? Do we actually need more officers, or do we need intervention and prevention, which impacts another part of the budget as well? What what is it that we exactly need in order to uh, reduce crime in in specific areas and gun crime in particular, which is we've had rashes here and there, and so part of that, as we talked about earlier, uh, in terms of age population, part of that is I believe the age of maturity based on the age of mommies and daddies in the ways that we're younger by 37, 30, 38 is our average age. So if you think about the birth rate and that average age going forward, then you have spurts of times when there are going to be more 17-year-olds and more 18-year-olds, and you can predict for that. So if we look at that and we, we determine, we can do some analytics, right? to see where we are and where we need to be. And we determine the average age of young people that are getting their hands on guns, which the state attorney has said, one gun in this community 
turns over multiple times. So people are, they may use a gun or not, but they'll have access to it and then pass it on to another person. And we don't have fistfights anymore. So anger, anger management is now finding a gun to um, shoot somebody. We have seen success. We've seen these fits and starts. Yes. We've seen programs. There have been years where uh, the violent crime has dipped some. Uh, if we remember back multiple uh, mayors ago to Mayor Payton's eight-year term, the Jacksonville Journey, for example, a 30-plus million dollar initiative that I remember covering initially where there was a lot of hesitation over the amount of spending, and yet there were some successes. Are there pieces to each of those elements or, or prior programs that you can dip into and say, we saw success there, we should reinvest in that? And is that a tens of millions of dollars thing? It, it depends. It depends on, um, the, it's, the, it's the data, right? And, and what's happening in the city and who is it that we're trying to target? I believe, as I mentioned earlier, I believe in prevention. I would talk to the sheriff again, that would be making sure that we have the force that we need, we have the technology that we need, and we have the right targeted areas. That's the critical part. After school programs are good. Uh, weekend community programs are good. Data helps me to determine what works and what doesn't, or what worked and what did it. And doesn't necessarily mean you have to infuse more money. You have to be smarter and move around the money that you already have in the budget, and then figure out if you need to add more. That's so, how budget works. There's only so much time that we have to cover some really important topics. Where can listeners, where can viewers seek more information about Audrey Gibson, the candidate for mayor? They can go to teamaudreygibson.com on, uh, on my website. I have my uh, history of legislative service, including working on uh, budgets and, and the, my time on various policy committees. So I have a, a dual... Uh, dual purposes for our city and dual understanding of where we need to be going and what our money, our budget needs to look like. And thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for joining us this morning. We really appreciate you coming to talk to us. It's important for the voters. And you can learn more about the candidates in our voter guide at WOKV.com. Thank you to Audrey Gibson from April Davis and the team at 104.5 WOKV. Thanks for your time and attention here in the Farrah and Farrah Performance Studio.